Hello and welcome to Design Untangle with me, Chris Mears and Carla Lindarte. Hello, Chris. Hello, we're live live episode today, isn't it? Yeah. Cabana in London. We're face to face with a beautiful like Latin American background music called Bachata. Oh, um, Bachata, is that bachata, what's called? Bachata, yeah, Bachata. Very cheesy music. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but... It sickens me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, finally face to face again. Yep, with a pint of beer, which makes it even better. Yeah, that's and, good. And uh, not pint of beer, in your case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to talk a bit today about transitioning to UX, which is... I feel like we've kind of talked about it a bit on several occasions, but we never delved into it as a whole episode. Yes. I mean, I think it's, it's something that comes up all the time. And every time I meet people who... Know, thinking about career change or um, people in the Slack group as well, they're always thinking like, you know, I used to be a nurse or I used to be a work with children, I used to be this and now I want to be a UX designer. And some like some um, professions are more relevant, like then, for example, you transition from front-end development yep. to UX, which it is more related. It's in the same realm, right? Yeah, exactly. But, um, some are completely different. So, how do you, how do you actually make that transition? Is what we're going to talk about today. I don't know if I have any answers though. <laughs> no. Well, I don't think you can really give a one size fits no. all because, yeah, there's no kind of step one, do this, step two, and then you've gone from an astronaut to a UX designer, <laughs> which would be a pretty cool career path. I think. <laughs> yeah, it would be very stupid as well. So yeah, I thought. I think probably the best we can do is just talk about how we got into UX because we both obviously didn't start out our careers as UX designers or yeah. in my case you know, I hadn't even heard of it at the start of my career. Yeah. So maybe people find it useful or if not it's just a weird insight into our <laughs> LinkedIn profiles. We're, we're way too old to, to, to be in the generation where people said oh I want to be a UX designer because yeah. I don't think it existed as a, well maybe it did, um, but I remember I just started, if, if you want me to start talking about my story, I started, um, I, was a, I, I started communications, marketing and journalism and I started as a journalist yeah. and majority of the work I did was in digital. At that time, like, the web was the new thing, you know, um, and but only the younger people would work on the web, so I was working in this like, publishing house. Um, and I was responsible for like multiple websites and the idea of it is that I would just update the content on the yep. website, right? And but to be able to do that then you needed to work with designers and at that time with just graphic designers that were transitioning from magazines, magazine, so print to print digital. To yeah. digital. Um, so the type of wireframes I used to do were just a piece of paper saying just put a box here, banner here, you know. And let's just, and then I would just write very long articles. Yeah. <laughs> very like long. Eight thousand words. <laughs> eight thousand words. Because I thought, wow, this is amazing. People love reading there's on the no, web, right? And also, there's no word count, right? Like before in magazines, you always need to cut your yeah, yeah. articles. I was like, this is amazing. You can write as much as you can. And yes, yeah, so that's why I kind of like started working in digital, but just from a kind of content perspective. Yeah. Uh, but when I moved to a new country and I couldn't be a journalist anymore because I couldn't even speak the language. Um, so is this I, Australia? This or is the Australia, yeah. yeah. I started working in bits and pieces, marketing mainly. Um, 
social media and marketing, like again, generating content. Um, and then I realized actually this UX design thing, which was a thing at the time yeah. in Deloitte, um, Australia, sounds really interesting, uh, which is basically the same thing I used to do, but just not thinking about the content necessarily or the copy in it, but yeah. the usability of it. Because obviously, when I was initially when I was um, working on websites, you always thought about, you know, what the button should say, you know, where it should be placed, where do you think people would look at it more. I used to like get, like send surveys to you know the users and emails asking them questions. So I thought this is relevant to what I used to do. Yeah. Um, but more formalized as a discipline. And I was lucky enough to be part of a company that allowed me to just get on with it, you know, and then just go and work on a project yeah. as a UX designer. Actually, the first project I did was as a copywriter, which was a <laughs> terrible mistake because I couldn't even like spell things, spell my name properly. But um, I learned so much from a content strategy perspective on how to, you know, what the, the relationship between content and UX, and that's where I started doing all the design and research, etc. So. And what's funny is that it kind of went through that phase where it moved more towards being about like the visuals and stuff but actually now it's come right back round to be all about the content again. Exactly, so. which is really good actually. Yeah. It excites me because yeah, it was like websites of the past were like heavily like heavy content, not so much visual. Then yeah. it started being mainly visual but not so much on the content and now it's like going back into the importance of content as part of that. So it's good. So yeah, so I think, as I said, I was lucky enough to be part of one company that allowed me to make the change. But I had to read a lot. I went through lots of training. I went through lots of pain learning Axure at that time, <laughs> which was like very fiddly. Um, but it's just like practicing. I think that's the way I was, you know, I was able to grow within yeah. the field and. Um, having more and more experience, like running more and more projects, like once you've done the first one, especially if they tell you that in consulting, if you do it once, <laughs> then you're an expert. So you kind of yeah, have to believe that you are. Yeah, and then they charge you out are. at like two grand a day exactly. as a senior. Oh, she's got a two-week um, engagement. <laughs> like, let's just say that you were there for six months and then just make it up. Um, I mean, it's, you, you would argue there's a bit unprofessional. But at the same time, I think it puts you in a um, position where you have to do it, right? So, yeah, you've got to step up. Exactly. So I had to read a lot, read books. That's what I like buying books. <laughs> and um, it's just always like trying to read about things, like what's the newest methodology, what's the newest thing to do, rather than just getting stuck in the, the way I always you know, do, used to do stuff, uh -huh. you know? I think that's very important for any designer, is just be able to always not, not necessarily reinvent themselves but just always learning new ways rather than like getting self-excited in the way you, you you're used to doing things because the, the the industry is changing so rapidly that yeah, you have yeah. to change with that was your education journalism as well it was journalism yeah, yeah. so yeah i wanted to be a journalist i wanted just to do documentaries and leave them in the countryside and like be a hippie and <laughs> that's what, Is that I what journalists to do. do? <laughs> I know, but I wanted to just do documentaries and be a hippie. <laughs> There's still time. Still time. Why not? Yeah. Um, but there is, I think, a lot of people who came from a content or journalism background, even in this country, ended up in some kind of way involved in UX because 
at the end of the day is about how people consume information um, and is about curating that information and making it um, understandable. So I think it's, there is a lot of elements of that that are applicable to UX. Yeah, it's just thinking about my little story, I'm going to rewind even further than that and go back to uni. So I studied computer science there, which you might think is roughly related, mm -hmm. but not so much. So it was like pure coding stuff, which I was okay at, but not the best. And I remember doing like a, um, they do like a little sampler of the different modules you can take, and one of them was computer graphics and they try and sell them into you, it's like showing you Toy Story and shit like that. So I went to the kind of sampler lecture and then they were like, so here's the equation that draws a circle like Woody's head or whatever. And it was like 8,000 lines of code. I was like, yeah, I'm not taking this class. So yeah, my uni course wasn't a good fit for what I wanted to do, I don't think. So I ended up kind of, I suppose I used elements of it in my career, but not really that much okay. so eventually got out of uni with not the best result <laughs> because I'm terrible at maths and the, the whole thing was surprisingly reliant on maths yeah um, then applied for this crappy little internet cafe place near where I live yeah so I was a, an internet cafe supervisor <laughs> <Amazing. laughs> Job. Yeah, not so much. So on the weekends, all these school kids used to come in and play Counter-Strike or whatever in this game, and they were just causing carnage, like stapling each other's ears and <laughs> stealing drinks from the fridge, and it was fucking ridiculous. So anyway, needless to say, this job was pretty boring. So this, like the dude who ran it, he ran like 4,000 different businesses, like pretty dodgy. He had like a printer cartridge website built on, I don't know, some off-the-shelf e-com thing. So in my spare time I just taught myself to code because I was bored and started tinkering around with that and building like new features for it and stuff, which probably had loads of security <laughs> holes in it. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess just kind of self-learning and yeah, getting into website development a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. And then I suppose I got my big break at Marks and Spencer um, as a front-end developer, mm. like junior level at that point. And it was a lot of it was actually working on like marketing stuff, like newsletters and things mm -hmm. like that, yeah. Yeah. CMSs. So not really designing the website so much as supporting it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was that. Knocked around a few similar jobs for a while. Um, then I decided to bog off to Australia for a couple of months. Like, I started a new job, did it for three months, then just thought, fuck this, going on holiday to see some kangaroos, so I did that. <laughs> and then when I got back, joined again another company as a front-end developer. Mm -hmm. um, but I was kind of getting interested in UX, just like reading stuff about it and playing around with it in my own time in the background. So a couple of months in, I basically broached the idea that I could start doing some UX for them and this is why it might help their business, they didn't have any UX designers at that point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I suppose similar to you, it's just lucky to end up at a company that let me sort of do it. Yeah. So yeah. I was doing ux -y stuff side by side with the front end dev stuff but eventually I kind of got someone else in to pick that up and I started doing that full time and that's when the transition happened really. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you would always apply some 
part of your previous experience into UX. I think this, even if you think about, I think there was someone in Slack group saying that they used to work with children or something like that, and, and now they're transitioning into UX and they wanted to be a portfolio around it and wasn't sure about what uh -huh. to research. And then, but there's a lot of things that you can bring from your previous career or your, what you used to do into the world of UX. Yeah. I say, I guess it's like, it's so flexible as well and it's got so many different elements right you can like specialize in research or if you like words you be a UX writer or you could be just a you know um, more like an interaction designer like more into prototyping and you're more geeky and do the technical stuff you can actually build stuff so there's a it's got it's very I mean even though people might think it's very niche I actually think it's so many different areas of UX that you could start with and then try and see if you don't like it then you can always like um, switch and, and change. Yeah. And the thing is you don't have to always have a job to try those things out. No. Like you can just do your own projects and figure out what you like, figure out where your previous experience works or makes you stronger, makes you weaker in certain areas and then mm -hmm. work on that I suppose. So yeah, there's always stuff you can transfer over, but it might be it's more easily transferable in particular kind of areas or yeah. activities within UX than others. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. A, there's a friend of mine who lives in Australia at the moment, and she's been a graphic designer for many, many years. And she sent me a message saying, "I want to be an experience designer." And then, and I said, "Oh, that's great! Like you should be, like you should be reading about this." And then. And then she's like, but that's different than UX, isn't it? It's like, well, it's not, it's the same thing. It's just that you kind of evolution is experience designer before it was UX. And then I started explaining the whole thing. And I think that's why um, the jargon and the, you know, sometimes you come up with so many things like, oh, do I want to be a service designer? Will it be a UX designer? Will it be a experience yeah. designer? It's, it's basically all based on the same principles. And then we've, we've spoken about this before. It's just like going into the methodology, like reading the books about design thinking and user centricity and um, human-computer interaction and all these things that allow you to then, if you want to call yourself a service designer, you can yep. do that, right? Because um, you have to start from the, the, the core of the discipline, foundations. the foundation, yep. which is the user centricity. Um, so there, as you said, there's not one answer, but I would say, as you say, like you use your existing experience and connections to do some what you would call UX projects um, also like read about it buy books and read yep. them just buy them to have them in the in the shelf and the bookshelf and um, and also like follow people I used to I don't know if he's still relevant uh, I haven't stopped following him for a while like look that were you oh yeah, yeah yeah he was my like God, I used yeah, to. Yeah. He would release a, a report and be like reading it and going into it because he knew a lot about it. There's so many people right now that write about UX. So obviously not everyone is relevant, but just like pick a couple and always like follow what they say, and um, so that's going to help you at least to have the you know the basic knowledge. Um, and in terms of practice, like I mean, there are some components right now that there's a lot of like apprentice programs and things like that there was um, what I was gonna say is I recently met someone who said that um, she was transitioning from a very very, very different profession and yep. she said but I don't have the money to go and pay you know three thousand pounds for a course of uh -huh. like three weeks and I'm not gonna mention 
which institution she was referring to. But um, and it is true, like not everyone would have the money to pay for an expensive yeah. course. Um, so what she was doing, which I thought it was a great idea, was to connect with UX designers and ask these people to run like sessions, like training sessions for her and her friends who are interested in learning about UX uh-huh. and they would pay them like a minimum fee for it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a very good idea, like you can be creative as well about how you want to learn. So connecting with people, I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the industry will be keen to have a coffee with you to teach you something. Um, you know, there are resources like our Slack group, you know, you have mentors there um, providing feedback. So there's always a way to get the information if you really want it. Yeah, and I guess in terms of courses, like there's mixed opinions on them, right? But I think if you are coming from a completely different sort of area and you need to understand the core, like what is UX, like I don't think pay 12 grand to do it, but there's plenty of sort of online courses that will teach you the fundamentals essentially for a lot less than that. And then I think you can build on that. Yes. Definitely. So yeah, you don't have to shell out like your whole house worth of cash to to learn it, and it's debatable like how much value you would get out of that anyway. I think that the only value that I would see of um, some you know institutions is the their employability programs. I think that's the only thing that I would say. Like if you have the money and you have the you know, the ability to pay for it, um, the benefits of it is like at the end you'll be connected to get you know a practice like an, an internship somewhere, which I think is really important. Like it's yeah. hard. It's not hard, but it takes more time to get into like knock on the door and say, "Can I? I, I want to be a UX designer. Would you give me the opportunity?" Uh-huh. It's hard because you have to have a portfolio because you kind of have to have experience. You have to be like on it like right away. So I think some of these courses actually have good ways of connecting you with the right um, companies looking for designers. So I think that that it would be the benefit. It's yeah. like doing an MBA, right? You just do an MBA for the network, not necessarily for what you learn on the MBA, yeah, yeah. because you can learn it from a book. Um, it's more about who you meet and how you get connected. It's like Harvard or something like that, right? If you go there, like obviously the education's pretty good, but it seems like most of it is just about the type of people that go there and who they know and who they can put you in touch with, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Which I think... I mean, I absolutely hate networking. Like, it makes me sweat every time I go to an event. I have to like talk to people because um, I'm I'm very shy, believe it or not. But I I think networking and meeting people is is for me is as it has been the way you can grow really and change jobs and get more opportunities. Like if you if you go to events, like going to events, for example, meetups. Um, you know, the dots is always doing like events and stuff like that that you can go and meet other people and also something that um, I've been thinking about as well like there is now a lot of support for people who want to run their own businesses like you don't necessarily need to get into a job in a company uh-huh. you know like in, you could actually just meet fellow designers or people who are like interested in different areas of design and you know connect with someone who for example you and I could actually run a business you you know you do the front end I do the content and we get Liam to do the visual design <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, why not right well, why why do you need to be part of a company like I yep. think we can you can also think like that like 
let's say I don't want to I, I want to get into X company but my my plan to get there is like I'm gonna work for a year on projects with people who are interested in like the same area and try to pitch them and sell them like there's a lot of like avenues now that you can like advertise yourself and the good thing about going that route is you can start from rather than saying starting from the point of saying I want to be a UX designer you can start from the point of here like here's a problem that I want to solve and then you can kind of practice your UX approach to solve that so yeah it's kind of flipping up on its head a little bit exactly. giving you another route in. Exactly. So that's, a, that's another way I mean there's as you said there's no just one answer um, but yeah I guess it worked for us also because we were in a different, it was a different time, like UX designers <laughs> <laughs> didn't exist really, so everyone was like, I want to be a UX designer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now everyone, everyone knows what it is and it's more like formalized thing, so yeah. um, it might be more competitive because there's more people around like saying that they want to be or they are the UX designers, but I think you can still get it, like if you really want it. Am I allowed to plug something? Yes! Okay, cool, because it's quite relevant to this. So, I think, like, when you do courses or boot camps or whatever, what we see a lot on the Slack is people in their first job, and they get there, and basically there's no budget to do UX, or their stakeholders aren't really that keen on user-centered design, or they say, you want to do your ABCD UX process and they say no we can't do that there's no time or you know some other constraint so we've been working on something me and Christina mm -hmm. um, who's been on some of the previous podcasts mm -hmm. uh, a way of hopefully helping smooth that transition a little bit so we're calling them UX career boosters they're kind of six-week projects mm -hmm. in which we take a group of three people through so we've done this twice already with kind of beta projects and yeah. six other people um, so we take them through fully mentored and take them through a project but what's different about the project is we will fuck them up along the way so we'll constantly be kind of throwing in these curveballs where we say oh actually this is now change you've got to adapt or this stakeholders complaining what you're going to do about it so Hopefully it's to give people a bit of exposure as to what UX is like in the real world because... <laughs> because <what>? it's shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's imperfect, let's say that. Because, yeah, it's quite rare that you'll get to do your user research and then a persona, then a user journey, then a wireframe, then yeah. whatever. It just doesn't happen. So we found just from, like, you've seen yourself on the Slack, like, years and years of questions of people just struggling with this and learn this stuff in my course I've got here on day one and it's just not helpful at all yeah. like you know the basics but you don't know the sort of life skills you need to do it yeah that's a pretty good idea yeah I think so um so <laughs> so anyway um I'm not going to plug it too hard but the next one's going to start on August 5th yep um you can apply now at uxmentor.me slash projects if you're yep. interested and that's all I have to say about that great that's yeah. really good well done that's a very good interesting way of learning which is real world yeah, it's worked quite well so we've, yeah like i said we've done two rounds of it so far and we've learned quite a lot of lessons about the best way to teach that which is on the blog as well you can read cool. so yeah great 
So is there anything else you want to talk about today? Uh, do I have any more products to sell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't sell anything. I, no. I just sell You can Google sell something products. if you want. Do you want me to sell Google products? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> it's been five minutes since you mentioned them. So. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. We'll leave it there then. So hopefully that was moderately helpful just to hear I suppose other people's experiences of how old they transition. People, old oh, very, very old, old people's people. experiences. Yeah. Alright, All right. see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at Design Untangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.